Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. is happening thanks for tuning in downloading streaming however this is getting into your ears uh you're listening to uh a hyphenate halftime with me randy randall and my immaculate co-host mr aaron farley how do you do good man again uh, i love the intro music <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks yeah. all right yeah this intro music yeah this was called uh new cross that song i wrote this song and recorded it um when i was staying at foss's house foss from uh, heroin skateboards oh yeah he had, he had a little apartment in england and and gosh i don't know 10 years ago i was on tour and i decided to stay late in um in <clears throat> or decided to stay later than the rest of the band like everybody flew home from london and i yeah. stayed at a house sat for foss for like two weeks in london and had a little m audio had a little recording setup when i was just kind of recording myself so that was one of the songs that came oh, out of that session amazing. yeah i love it i just i actually ran uh ran into foss like a couple months ago up here oh cool oh, right. their, yeah they have their cabin um in the area and then uh his wife does ceramics yeah was it black and rainbow so they, they were like selling Give a shout out they were selling some of his or some of her ceramics at a table yeah and i looked over and i was like oh that's Foss. i've met him a couple times <laughs> i know i gotta i gotta have him on the the, the pod oh He's man he'd be a good one talk about stories Oh, for days yeah when he first moved to america i helped him do we were doing it was it was early days of podcasting but there was something about he couldn't play music you couldn't like play music on podcasts then or something right. yeah. there's some issue with it so we we did it as like a streaming radio as part of like um k-chung radio and we call it foss fm oh. and i kind of helped okay. produce it we recorded a couple at the at the gaucho's studio downtown before we hooked up with k-chung and then we then we all did, had a show on k-chung for a little while oh that's amazing yeah i remember those days of um because we jeremy and i jeremy weiss and i yeah. had a show um on kill radio yeah forever which was all streaming at that time and there were no rules <laughs> and and um i mean i was trying to think about the other day it was like 2000 two probably 2003 when we started that oh and they had God. um it was when streaming had just started, like Winamp and all of that. <laughs> Is that even considered streaming? It was. It was so. It was so spotty and so slow, and the di like even connections were so slow. I, I, I don't know if you could really stream it as much as you could, like, like you know, drip 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 it from the from the dial <laughs> yeah, up right. or something. It was a slow stream. <laughs> yeah, the downhill was not. It was not very downhill. No, but it was streaming. yeah it was like a pond it was like a pond of information yeah <laughs> with nowhere to go kind of stagnant kind of could yeah. come you could get part of it when but the, yeah oh. the crazy thing about it then was that it was really hard to record so there was no um 
there was no way to record from your computer. I mean, unless someone had an audio out and they were recording it to like a tape deck or mini D or mini CDs or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, and so all of our show, yeah, mini disc. So all of our shows were live and, and, um, like the first year, probably we had no way to record it. So we, (laughs) we brought a mini disc and just would record mini discs live from the, from the, um, board. So we had a mini disc attached to the little board that was in the studio. And then, um, and then the, like kill radio as an organization bought a, um, what was it called? Like a live CD burner. (laughs) So you had a, so you had an actual CD burner and you'd put in these CDs and it would spin as you were going. And it would basically would, kind of burn the cd or it would take in all of the information onto the cd and then but you only had a certain amount of time and if you didn't hit stop and or like record by the time that it was done it would go over yeah if you didn't hit finalize it would go over time and you wouldn't you would lose the whole thing (laughs) and then half the time so you'd hit finalize and it would take like i don't know an extra 15 minutes or something to actually burn it and half the time you'd get all the way to the end and then you'd just get the error of link and you'd lose the whole thing. And that was like the technology of the day. That was like state of the art amazing. technology. Yeah. But <clears throat> it and and it wasn't till later that um we had kids that would tell us like, Oh yeah, no, I record it and then I bring it to work. Um, because MP3s weren't even a thing. Or they were just starting to be a thing. But there was no way really to play them. That's, I guess, what Winamp was. You could play MP3s on Winamp. And so they would, like, find ways to record it. And all of that software was just starting to, like, roll out. But then then once it became a thing, all of a sudden, we started getting cease and desist from... um, (laughs) from, Everybody, um, every record label. No, the FCC. The FCC is like, you can't play... um, you can't play music on your radio station. Your, or I guess maybe from the show. labels. I don't know. Nobody, I mean, we, nobody we didn't have that nobody many people listening, doing. but every once in a while yeah. we'd have like a thousand people listening or something. Cause a big, big like emo band would be on live <laughs> or something. And we'd be taking phone calls and stuff, well, but it's such wild, a weird time of like, the wild there, West. there literally were no rules. And then, um, yeah. And then at one point we had built, because we had we were streaming and so we were like well what if we just took a computer and put it in someone's house who lived on the top of a hill and made a an, and made an antenna and then we actually broadcast like pirate radio but it was from our radio show Gorilla and we would radio. never get when we would never get in trouble because the wires were not attached to the studio so for the the rules with the fcc was to get the only things that were illegal was whatever was attached to the antenna so since we didn't so the computer whoever owned that computer but but that person whose house it was in they had a separate computer from us and we're like it had nothing to do with us it was just it was a anybody could do it right you had wow access it was like if we were restreaming k-rock 
you yeah. know, like we turned a radio on and decided we wanted to make a pirate a bigger radio signal. station boost, boost with K Rock. Yeah, they couldn't. They weren't going to bust K Rock. Oh well, it turns out they could bust us. <laughs> 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 they showed up, the FCC triangulated it and showed up to the house oh my God. that it was at. And um, it just so happened to be at a very famous person's house, and they didn't. Um, th- he uh, he opened the door, and the FCC went. Uh, <laughs> wait, do we want this? And like we we're, decided we're, to. We're gonna need to get our lawyers involved here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, so. I feel like. Oh my god. Well, I feel like there's a whole, there's a whole like um, mini series of those stories. I mean, that's just that's the that's the quick, you know, scratching the surface pitch of Kill Radio. But I feel like the Kill Radio story is like insane. This is pretty. It would be pretty interesting if you could get a lot of the people together. I mean, it was such a short amount of time that it really was like a big thing. I mean, probably yeah. like two years, maybe a year and a half that it was do, really. Do you like still have the mini Twenty four hours. I have some of the does? CDs. I've listened back and I'm like, oh, this is unlistenable. <laughs> I mean, we're like 20, uh, what was I, 25, 26? Yeah. We're just like <clears throat> drinking and just, just insanity. <laughs> but we'd have some of those shows where we we could see how many people were actually listening to the stream. And we had a couple of times where it got up to like 2,500, 3,000 people. Because wow. it would be a big band and you could listen all over the world. So then we ended up having a lot of fans in australia because our show was at like 10 to midnight on a monday which was right in the middle of the day on a tuesday in australia so all these people would listen at work that's amazing yeah that's so cool funny um fun times yeah but that i feel like that brings up this um the george chen conversation because everything (laughs) he did is like so diy and and every time he's like, well, then I did this new thing, and I decided to have a record label, and then I worked for Jello Biafra, <laughs> I worked at Alternative Tentacles, and then Jello and I did a comedy skit, and then <laughs> like, oh my god, I know <laughs> George Chen kind of is the Forrest Gump or the Zelig of the of the indie world, you know, or the, the really? DIY world, kind of, you know what I mean? I feel like like he's been around so long, and like you say, he's you know definitely jumped around from from outlet to outlet or to venue to venue and kind of, you know, had his hands, especially in the Bay area. I feel like he's kind of a Bay area DIY legend. I mean, that's how we, that's how I kind of first got to know him as playing shows and San Francisco and Oakland and Berkeley. And he was, he would either be in the band or be booking the show or putting it on or, or, you know, he'd stay at his house or he'd interview you for, for something. It's, it seemed like it was, you know, he's just different. like, you know, from listening to the thing, you know, he's got stories from stories on stories but i yeah, love the I, yeah i love that kind of the, the diy sort of like world and how he was able to kind of bridge many different um connections to different things you know from print journalism to you know zines and radio and everything podcasting yeah i feel like that 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 every once in a while you come across those people and they're just um you look at how much stuff they do and like how i can't get like a 15% of that done. And I feel like I'm at the end of my rope all the time. <laughs> like I don't have time to do anything. And then you look at someone like that and like, how organized do you have to be to really yeah. do all of that stuff? Well, I remember he wasn't really a drinker in our, in, yeah, in the twenties. I think, I think that probably, yeah. that probably did, did a lot of it. A lot of cleared the road for him to have time to actually do things. Right. Rather he was than taking over half he, the time. 
he was taking advantage of being in a scene of craziness without having to be one of the crazy ones. I think that's, yeah, that's at least, you know, one part of the concoction of, of how to be productive in your 20s is to yeah. not be hungover. <laughs> <laughs> you can be broke, that's yeah. fine. But yeah. just, as, you know, to but not be hungover broke and hungover. Yeah. It's hard. Or, I mean, not to be drunk at night and not to be hungover in the morning. That yeah. helps. I guess that gives you an extra 10 to 12 hours. It frees up a lot of time in your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And you put, you put that on some decades and pretty, pretty soon you've accumulated, uh, yeah. you know, quite a life for yourself. Yeah. But yeah, no, George, George has always been awesome. And it's so funny to, to see him now living in LA and kind of thriving as a stand-up comedian, which is a whole other kind of scene. I love that. He's really like kind of blazed his own path and wasn't really, you know, it's not like there's, um, there's a pipeline or, or an easy, uh, easy sort of road from, you know, from zine to label to band to stand up comedian, you know, I feel like that's definitely his, his own, his own path there, but there is a lot of connection to, you know, music and, and comedy. I feel like it does happen occasionally. For sure. And I think that even when he was, um, bring, when you guys were both bringing up all the different comedians, I mean, he kept bringing up Eric Andre was Eric Andre yeah. in the music scene. Like, was he, he was kind of bringing him up as if he was in, in bands or something before I, I don't know anything about I don't know. Eric Andre before comedy I should have looked it up yeah no I've, I've seen interviews with him where he's talked about um playing music but I don't really yeah. know what his what his background was I never played with his band if he had a band oh, okay yeah and but even when you brought up um like Neil Hamburger yeah but even David Cross like David Cross was always like opening up for bands or he was playing he was playing the side stage at a music festival or mm -hmm. something like it. Uh, I do feel like musicians and comedians tend to uh, intermingle quite often. Or totally. Jonah Ray is a perfect example too. Exactly. Right? Like he played yeah. in bands and then and then now is in a band. Was his band is like a punk band that covers. Weird Al covers, I think, <laughs> Jonah Ray's band. So he it's, plays Weird Al songs, but in punk style. I love it. <laughs> Which is funny. I love that. I know. Yeah, I got to have Jonah on, too. He's, it's, it's oh, good. man. It's, it's like... Well, and Jonah was around. He's one of those people, too, that that because um, he was living with Annie Hardy, well, in a big house mm -hmm. with Annie Hardy. And and uh, Annie was the like the third person on our radio show for a while with Jeremy and I, and she would always be like, well, you know, Jonah's like doing comedy and, and um, like Jonah does comedy. Like I just knew Jonah from shows and being around and he's like, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I think he's kind of like in the, he's kind of in the scene. Like he's, he's doing a lot of stuff. Like, really? I don't even know what that means. I've never even been to like a comedy <laughs> show or anything. Well, little well, think, did you know, Jonah was like making moves. Well, that's what's so funny is I think, you know, just the same thing like in the music world, you know, someone says like, oh yeah, this person's playing in a band. Like, where do they play? What do you mean? Yeah. Like, where do what these shows happen? Like, like, oh yeah, well, there's all these, you know, there's all these, you know, underground venues and art galleries right. and things. Like, yeah, they're doing really well. Like, I don't get it. I don't see them on MTV. They're not on magazines. Yeah. How could they be doing well? <laughs> right. you know, I think they have a booking a, agent. What is a booking agent? Yeah, well, there's a, there's is. an equally um, enigmatic, you know, kind of world of, of you know comedy and independent comedy, and it's like, at what point does that become like 
SNL comedy, you know, or yeah. something you would know, but right. it happened, which is another person like Fred Armisen. I feel it was oh, like somebody exactly. I saw, I saw him open up for shellac, you know, the knitting factory as a character. And then, uh, <laughs> well, he know. played, what was the band that he, he played in the Chicago, he was a drummer in a big Chicago band in the nineties, right? Yeah. I think trench in that scene. Yeah. I didn't what know them. Trenchmouth. Uh, tr- yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't, I didn't know that band. Yeah. I've heard it kind of just referenced as, as to him, but it's yeah. a funny it's a funny one how that yeah i feel like he's definitely probably one on the more successful sides of that that crossover of independent music to uh yeah again though know, a drummer celebrity right? maybe that's the trick maybe it's the, the drummer. drummer the drummer to comedian um conversion uh, pathway <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man yeah but yeah though it's, it was it was definitely fun oops sorry i hit my mic it was fun to sit down with george because he was one of the first people that i remember learning about this podcast thing you know probably staying in his house in oakland in like you know 2005 or 2006 whatever early early days of podcasting i think the pod the the, the ipod itself had just come out and then there mm. was like there was you know it was like you could make radio shows for the ipod yeah which i feel like it's such a you know it just seems so weird like the the ipod itself was very kind of you know still inscrutable i think from a certain level of like wait you just put like but where do you get the songs like how could yeah. you you know what i mean like you could you know i remember i don't know if this happened to you but the early you know, like buying an ipod and then somebody would just give you or, or let you borrow a hard drive and oh, you, just yeah. set, you get all of their music collection now that goes on yours you know because it was impossible you couldn't buy all the songs and burning a cd you know it would take three hours to get a cd onto your yeah digital and then you got drag onto there and again you know errors abound like oh well it's scratched <laughs> now i can't get the whole thing on or something oh my god work. yeah i know I, you gotta I do remember... label it all or you import it it's just track one track two it doesn't have any metadata of who the band is or the thing is so you're like oh hold on this is untitled track one i think this is uh fugazi Wait, yeah which which, which untitled <laughs> track one is this well and then you had an ipod that was like you could hold a thousand songs and then um yeah, but there was no way to get a thousand songs without buying Stealing like a them. CD burner or yeah. whatever. I'm like, but you're not allowed to download music, right? Okay, where my where do I get it from? Oh, you have to buy this like a CD ripper. Oh, where where do you get one of those? Well, they're not really. You you have to buy this cracked software to get the <laughs> to get the songs <laughs> off the CD because it's copywritten. We okay. all became we all oh, became hackers from. You got to buy it from iTunes. Got it. Dollar piece, huh? So thousand dollars. Yeah. For a thousand songs. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Good job, um, buddy. Yeah, I I think I've bought I bought three Sparks records at some point in the last you know twenty years, and then I had the free U two. So like if you look up your you know what's in your like iTunes oh store God. or your iTunes like collection, I remember for a while I was like okay no I like, like you know I want to buy a record like I would like like I want to buy a Sparks record and I'm like oh I'll buy another one I buy another one like it was like one weekend and then I was just like why the fuck am I buying music yeah. like, yeah. Can I just call my way. friends someone's got to have this on a hard drive yeah Way easier yeah I don't want to start buying everything that I have on record or on vinyl just you know spending other ten bucks <laughs> yeah I forgot That's about a... the YouTube debacle. Right. The, songs of innocence you get free Ooh. free youtube or free songs from youtube that are on your ipod and everybody just lost their minds <laughs> even though you could just erase them if you wanted to like this is a this is this is 
uh, invasion of privacy. Well, imagine if you like woke, believe... yeah, you woke up and suddenly had a large, you know, U2 poster oh in your God. house. Like, I didn't have that in the morning. It's Honey, did you, did you put the YouTube? There's a YouTube poster. We'll just throw it away. <laughs> yeah, but how do they get in? How do they yeah. put it? Like, they just feel how more fucked up that they, they, yeah. Just, wait, yeah. does and the neighbors have it too? Everybody has it? Everybody yeah. has this YouTube wait, poster? Does that mean that they're watching all of the songs that are on my iPod? And also, if they could do. If they could do that, then why don't they just give me all the songs? Like, why do they just give me those yeah, right. songs? Like, if they could just give me any songs, just break into my device and give me one song. I do feel like that's that that was the time where U2 was still kind of always rising a little bit. They always had like a record come out, and and once that happened, it became like, Boo. all right, this band's gonna plateau now. <laughs> we're, not, that... not, we're not going any bigger. That you can play jump the shark biodome or whatever in las vegas but everyone's gonna go okay <laughs> yeah you That's still cool. gave away all your records yeah remember yeah. that time you broke into my ipod <laughs> <laughs> i'll never forgive you <laughs> I mean, do people i wonder if people still ask them about that now oh my god yeah i think but yeah i mean the adventures of digital media you know what i mean it's definitely like or the, the, yeah i think i bought a daily show an episode of the daily show and 2009 oh, really? <laughs> they had that on my ipod because then you could buy the ipod that had the you could play video on it i was like cool okay i want to watch a oh, show right. um we could, like what am i gonna watch okay i like the daily show okay john stewart but i didn't understand the the, 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 the the repeatability of an interview show isn't you know you kind of once you once you hear it once or, or see it once yeah <laughs> you when, don't really need to own that episode no <laughs> yeah, and, and then people were t- like bands were trying to sell their music videos and stuff. Oh, did that could did that ever work? I never saw. I, that. I just remember that at the beginning. Remember how big ring ringtones were? That was oh, like right. the big money maker forever. The ringtone was I did for like spend money year, on dumb ringtones. Yeah, people were making millions just on ringtones. Oh my god, what was yeah. your ringtone? Did you buy a ringtone? I never had one. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Oh my god, Lila had Lila had a really funny story though about so she went um she's really into scary movies and they were having down in um I think it was in Redlands, I don't know, Ontario, Ranchukukamanga, something down there. They at the one of the um movie theaters they had they were playing Exorcist. For like three bucks, like three dollar movie theme. And she's like, I want to see The Exorcist. And we went back and forth. I'm like, I remember The Exorcist being really crazy. And you're only 14. I feel like you might be a little young. But then she talked me into it. I'm oh like, my God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. She, she, she went, age. she was like, um, I mean, it wasn't even really scary. And it was pretty boring. It was like two and a half hours long. There were like three good scenes. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't like, it's so weird that, that, uh, those things that were so scary, like even we put on, um, uh, what was it? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah. And it was laughable. Like it was <laughs> so her? not. Or to you? To yeah, everybody? to her, to me. Oh I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> And I'm like, I remember be, this being the scariest, like, no, I'm not watching this. I, I can't, I can't do this. This is so crazy. And she was oh, like, man. yeah, it was super funny. We were just like laughing the whole time. But then um, during the exorcist in the movie theater, there was like an old guy in their row watching and he had fallen asleep 
and during one of the one of the scenes like the exorcism scene like right before when it gets really tense his phone went off and it was like a taylor swift song (laughs) (laughs) and it woke him up and he's like oh he's fumbling for his phone and her and her friend are just sitting there cracking up she's like yeah i think that's the best thing that happened that's the the most memorable parts of this (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing i think i bought yeah, like um uh star wars ringtone i had like the jawa oh, like the right yeah <laughs> yeah i had that and i don't know whatever else options there were but oh my god there's so much so much of that world you know what i mean it's, it's, so just, it's it becomes wax cylinders pretty quick you know what I mean? when you think about it you know yeah it's like the i mean after a while too it's weird it's kind of like how in skateboarding eventually skateboards all just became the same shape you know, at the beginning, like everything was like, what kind of crazy shape are you going to ride? And you have that one that looks like a coffin. And then you're going to have a one with the, like the gator that has hammerhead. Like the, the hammerhead and you, and all of that. And then eventually it's like, nah, they're all just going to be popsicle shaped. Like, we're, <laughs> let's just, let's, let's cut this, cut shit. Standardization. And, yeah. I yeah. feel like that's what happens now too. It's like, nah, everything's just going to look like an iPhone and you're going to be able to play music and movies and and eventually everyone goes yeah oh wait what are we doing <laughs> oh yeah okay i guess we're just like watching shows and music again yeah <laughs> listening to music watching shows there's nothing the uh the excitement and the craziness kind of got uh moved out in the interest of the uh boring perfect mm-hmm. profit profitability <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like, you know, but it's still, it just, I think it, it always, you know, the way you deal with your media, I think it just says so much about your generation or your time or that relationship you have, you know, always, you know, it's still, you know, we'll always be the generation that went to a, a, a record store. And bought, totally. whether we we're buying CDs or records or tapes or whatever it was, we, you know, you still had to go to the physical brick and mortar. Like, I think we're just, you know, because that was what we did as teenagers. And that's what we yeah. you know, it's cement. And that's the music we're, we'll always love is this, this shit you listen to from 14 to 25. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, that's it. Maybe, maybe down to 11, you know, like 11 yeah. to 25. And so just whatever, whatever that relationship was and however you, you know, engaged with film, TV, music. That's, totally. that's just cemented into your thing like you know our parents with drive-ins or you yeah. know whatever it was you know going to yeah. whatever my mom always has a story of go it was like a corner store that had like a rack of um seven inch singles and almost like you'd have like a rack of like there was comic books on a spinning rack and then records on a spinning rack you know and that was her thing and I, to me that just seems so insane yeah and you go, go and to a 7-eleven and buy a new beatles record that's <laughs> right? what she was doing yeah one and even, even, I mean, I remember going to buy records at probably Kmart, I think. I mean, in oh, Spokane, yeah. it's like when yeah. we were kids, like, I remember buying Thriller at probably Kmart or I don't know what else it would have been. It was like a big store, you know, one of those big stores. Yeah. And, um, but you would only buy things that you either had heard on the radio or you liked the artwork and you had no idea i bought so many albums in college like cds where i was like oh i love that artwork no idea what's an example what's an example that comes to mind god it would it would have been like a bunch of hip-hop stuff like i remember buying this record um that was 
another level. I don't know it. And mm. because they looked like the, it kind of looked like it might sound like the far side. Okay. <laughs> I just remember, I was like, oh, it's kind of the same vibe. Like they're definitely going for that vibe. And it, I wasn't wrong. This is <laughs> pretty close <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would like it, signifiers. It, I'm like, yeah, we kind of sound like this. If we look like yeah. if the cover looks like this, we probably sound like this. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely when I moved here, I don't know, there would like whatever was on the top 10 rack at Amoeba, sometimes it'd be like, I've never heard of that band. And, and the artwork looks awesome and you just buy it and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. I feel a big, like I might a have even marketing idea. I don't, does that still happen? I wonder on streamers or everybody browsing. A, I mean, a I definitely listen to stuff. I definitely yeah. will click on a, like some cool artwork that shows up in my Spotify. But now even on Spotify, um, they pretty much have me pegged. <laughs> like anything yeah. that they're like, we think you might like this. And I click on it. And I'm like, yep. Sure thing. I, I do. You, you got me, pal. You are correct. <laughs> new Mets record. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the new, there was a new Mets song that was actually pretty good. The new, the new Idols song. Oh, God. Um, is we as a is a weird turn. Hmm. I don't know. I was listening to it and I was like, "Hmm," but I think it's with LCD sound system, so it's like dancey. <laughs> I, I definitely I, that, I, that last I, Idols record is one of my favorite records of last year. Oh, that's cool. Did you do you like that Idols? So you know. <laughs> Do you have, do you have I, stories? No, I, maybe. No. But um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think the the general feeling is, is is you know I and you might relate to this from a photography perspective or from you know whenever you're in in a in a in a business sort of setting yeah. or something you know what I mean you, and you see the forest for the trees you know or yeah. you you know how the sausage is made it's that kind mm. of feeling of like oh okay yeah. I see what you're doing there of all the options you had in the world I feel you know. <laughs> It, it as someone one. someone someone faced with similar with a similar blank canvas in a similar yeah. you know place and go i can choose anything i choose to go this way and then you look at someone yeah. and you go, oh you made those choices to go that way uh, okay well i get you know i get but you know there's 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 generational reason you know i think at some point too that's that's how you start to understand like the generation gaps and yeah. creators of of music or, car, or art or whatever it is you're like oh but to you that doesn't the the connotations of the things you're hitting don't mean yeah. the same things that they mean to me because i associate right. these things with with this band and with you are different you're, stuff you're referencing um you know third generation watered down version you know the thing of a thing of a thing yeah so like, okay but again but at some point then I, you, you can't help but feel like a gatekeeping crotchety grouchy old man like <laughs> you kids you know like i feel yeah. you know like if you know where you think about like the descendants you know sort of like an originator of like pop punk you know i would think oh cool this band sounds like they're ripping off the descendants you know which yeah. is fine that happens m many many times over it's not a, yeah it's not bad to rip somebody off but then when it's oh no this we love blink 182 
Like we're, yeah. you know, have you heard this like classic band Blink One Eighty Two? And then you realize <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'm just, I'm just out of a conversation now at this point. This isn't yeah. even about. <laughs> I don't have a seat at this table. I can't, I can't, because I don't know what Blink One Eighty outside of the, <laughs> the, 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 the five hit songs they had. You know, the late nineties. I don't know. Like, yeah. Was their, was their third record All really the, the sensitive one? Small the, things. Right. Yeah. True talk. Yeah. So that you know, totally. I think I think those I you know, without getting specific or personal, I think I've just I I. I take myself out of a lot of conversations of modern music or modern, modern music punk or underground yeah. things i'm just kind of like yeah i don't know i'm no and i'm also i've learned from my wife i'm no fun to go to concerts with because i just point <laughs> out like that's the new order riff that's the yeah. uh <laughs> that's the talking heads riff that's the this riff right. and it's like and again it's not bad but it's you know it's you can you can rip off anybody i've ripped off people it's fun it's fine you know I'm very andy warhol yeah. idea of everybody everybody rips off things but I just, you know, I just become, I just become the curmudgeon. Like, I have more fun standing, <laughs> standing at the back of the venue talking shit than I do jumping in the pit. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm lucky enough to have been, like, had like three toes into the music waters, like enough, yeah. enough to be involved in certain ways, but not enough to be, uh, to be. I don't know enough to be too judgmental. You're not, so burdened, still... you're not burdened with an immense uh, yes. amount of knowledge of the ancient tomes to where you can no longer respect the immense young. dark cloud yes. over all musical information. Yes. I, have, I have had the dark cloud of all music descended upon my head, and it yeah. has been a curse with I can no longer hear new, new music without understanding its relevance towards Chuck Berry's guitar tones of, of the late 50s. Like, yeah, yeah. My my difference is I go, ooh, this sounds like the Talking Heads, but a little like newer. It. Yeah. Ooh, put that on my playlist. I love that. I love the Talking Heads. That's just what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I love their version of the Talking Heads. That that actually uh, brings up that um, the band that that George Chen talked about called Crack Clouds. Oh yeah. Which I, I was know. like, Crack Clouds. I gotta go listen to that. That sounds like a good name again. Like, I've yeah. listened to that band. It's a good name. And um, yeah, they're good. But they sound like <laughs> they sound like um, 20 different bands all matched match together. Like uh, kind of dancey, kind of talking heads, kind of like little birthday party thrown in there. A little uh, like definitely nothing that sounds like, wow, this is super original. <laughs> but um, I'm like, I could put, I'll put this in the car drive around drive around for a while it makes me feel pretty good yeah that's all it needs to do yeah. i mean because and again like i i in no way a um, a soothsayer or you know <laughs> have, have any kind of shamanistic powers it's you know it's just i'm i'm just as 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 curmudgeonly as anybody else is and, you know i don't I always always think of that grandpa simpson's quote you know where it's like i used to be with it and then they changed what it was and now i'm old <laughs> and out of it and it'll happen to you <laughs> it's gonna happen to everybody <laughs> Well, and I also, I also now, especially with the kids getting older, I also like to uh, make my playlist of weird songs. So when their friends get in the car, I put in the weird <laughs> song playlist. So they think, so they're like, either they're going to think I'm crazy or they're going to be like, ah, oh, your dad's really cool. This is cool. I, don't even, I never even heard of this band, what? Melt Banana. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you, yeah, what's on the, what's the, what's on the yeah, weird song we play playlist? Yeah, we a lot of Melt Banana. That's I, great. I have they're doing couple, so good right now. They've, they've good been their last banana. 
their last tours have been awesome. We played um, oh really the, the handful of shows Melt Banana in the Midwest oh, last year. And I know they just played LA again too. I feel like they've kind of got uh, they connected to a younger, you know, that that Lila's age, yeah, like a fourteen to fifteen like year old internet fan. I mean, it makes sense. Shows. Music is kind of going that way. Like our friend um, <clears throat> Neil and Jen, you know Neil, Jen. yeah, yeah. Their son Tate plays in this band called One Way Mirror that's in cool. Pasadena, and it's full like emo hardcore, like. 250 kids in a garage jumping Amazing. off the yeah like hanging on the rafters and like they're like in it 100 like they're going on tour and playing to all these diy shows with hundreds and hundreds of kids freaking out and like oh good this makes me feel good <laughs> i love this it exists but they're all into like so much i mean they just have like the research of the world in their fingertips so they can mm-hmm. just like no, we we love these bands. We love all of these crazy hardcore bands, but all also these new bands and no. But I think cool. there's something, and I think it's just it's that age gap now or being being a parent. Like I can see, like oh, these are my kids or my friends' kids, and they're coming at it with such a an, an innocence. You know what I mean? Where I feel like there was oh, yeah. the like the generation just undermined. I fucking hate all of those people. It's horrible. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with these people? Because they're they're acting like they just like they just invented this thing, which I'm sure the generation right above mine says about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you're too close, the generation just just after yeah. you. You know, it's like, like oh, you, you know, play so loud. It's oh, like all those that, pedals. I get that, it. That shitty okay. gatekeeping thing. I think that just happens. <laughs> you know, but then but then you go two more generations below that, or two more you know things, and then you're like. Oh, aren't they great? Look at them. They're just having so much fun. Yeah. They're jumping around. I oh, can appreciate so that. But yeah. when it's the but when it's the, the generation that's sweeping you off the stage, like fuck those guys. <laughs> you don't understand what I went through to get here. Yeah. Now you can just jump around and you do the thing and when which yeah. is what I'm sure what I did to the generation right before me, you know, or like fuck these kids. What yeah. the fuck do they think they're doing? Oh, you're just gonna get a camera and put things on Instagram and all of a sudden you got all yeah. these fans and you're getting work, you're getting yeah, jobs. Exactly. Oh, you don't know how hard it was printing a portfolio and sending it in the mail and trying to remember where it was. Yeah. And... Like, nope. <laughs> Instagram, here I come. Yeah, like, uh, okay, yeah. old man. Yeah. I think that's Good just luck. The, <laughs> that's the nature of it all. But all I, right. I was going to say, yeah, I recorded um, my friend uh, Brian's son's band, Ralston. Uh, his, the band was called uh, Bloodshot, and they just had a, a record release party at The Smell. And it was amazing. And again, they yeah, booked the, the whole thing awesome. and did it all. And I was just like, I was able to kind of watch it and just be like, this is great. And it was a bunch of, yeah. you know, 14 to 18 year old kids just, you know, just jumping on each other's heads and having a great yeah. time. Like, yeah, I honestly love see. anyone anyone who can like get a big group of people out to do a singular Anything. thing <laughs> with but but with a positive attitude instead of like hey how many people hate this one thing? Let's go talk about how much we hate this one thing. Yeah. There's like the two there's like the opposites of of that personality and anybody can that can that can turn being a cult leader into actually just being the band leader and your cult oh. is just your fans and, and it's a positive thing. Thank God. Is uh, I give them uh, two thumbs up. You support the benevolent cult leader children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. As long as your cult just has to do with music and fun. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All behind that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah, but yeah, I guess yeah. Getting back to George too, like the the cult of Zum has been great. At, um, 
they have a, a new um, collection, a new compilation coming out. And they're doing a bunch of shows here um, in Los Angeles and also in the Bay Area coming up in December. So I, I think that was part of why, you know, I talked to George right around this time. He, you know, he'd reached out and we said, oh, yeah, let's figure this out. So just to kind of help get the word out about Zum Records. And um, yeah, I think it's really fun. I like I've always That's liked awesome. how, how eclectic it was. I feel like it was a lot of stuff from the Bay Area in the beginning. But now I think he just kind of puts out anything that's just kind of just kind of weird. You know, I think he's just kind of to his taste, to his, you know, sort of um, curation bubble. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Again, the people that decide to just stick with the thing and whether it's like not go for the thing of like, well, then I'm going to sell my record label and I'm going to try to get the biggest band. And I'm going to like people that find their, their kind of pocket and, and are able to find a way to make money off the thing that they enjoy and to keep it going and not just to build it to the heights of how, however big you can make it, but really to sustain a thing that you love is I think really difficult. So it's amazing to when you see someone doing that and finding ways to just keep it going because it's literally what they love to do. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I so much respect to anybody who can run a label. I feel like even, even in this day, it was something I was never really interested in doing. I know Dean always had his label, but the idea yeah. of just having to like, that was always the, the not fun stuff. I liked the playing the music, the playing the shows, the recording, yeah. the writing, but then you yeah. got to figure out distribution and warehouses and manufacturing and printing and pressing. I'm like, Oh God, that sounds horrible. That sounds like a job. Yeah. Like I like just the part where I'm just where I play the guitar. Can, can I just do that? <laughs> can I just pick the guitar playing part and somebody yeah. else does, does all the other stuff? Like, yeah, but yeah. you have to give them half the money. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, half fine. of what and... money? <laughs> There's no money coming in. Yeah. Don't worry, half is zero is zero. I'm good. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, if you if you enjoy doing that kind of stuff, yeah. put a spreadsheet together. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh, definitely man. it's definitely a thankless job. I feel like even when there is any money that comes in, it just all goes out to the next one. I don't think I've ever seen anybody really make money on an independent record label. No, but it, but it, it seems like it, um, a lot of times those things add to other things. I mean, I feel like it's kind right. of like making art or doing like most people who are making art are selling a painting every once in a while or selling something or doing a show every once in a while. But the majority of the way they make money is some kind of corporate job or a, being a graphic designer or like yeah. something like that. But then the, the art, the art part is actually more for being a part of a scene and being, being that's your like tribe or that's your group of people or that's your, that's like what motivates you to keep doing all of the other stuff. And I feel like mm -hmm. music is that way, or probably even doing a record label. It's like, well, this keeps me relevant in, a scene and it allows me to maybe support the bands that I really think like if, if the, the least amount you can do is figure out a way to get that person to get a small recording budget or to put out more albums so they can go on tour and you can make a couple bucks to pay for someone else's record or something, then that's enough to, to keep you kind of relevant in a scene in a way of like, that keeps probably keeps him going to be able to do comedy and because of all of his relationships. And 
because all these things really are just relationships you know that like from yeah. music and everything and touring and and like if you know 100 people and 100 people know you and you guys all respect each other then you can figure out ways to keep each other going for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> booking I'll, each other's shows i'll buy your record you buy my and, record okay yeah, right? it does uh, yeah and if, and if you we get, get three one other extra people person... to buy the record i'll get yeah. three other people to buy your record <laughs> i'll book a show for you you book a show for me i stay on your couch whatever yeah yeah, yeah. but it get, is that thing and those are those, you like, down the last, road yeah and there's like the lifelong friendships that are from that you know whatever yeah. being older it's like that's more valuable than than remembering that time that you made like 1500 bucks <laughs> and like i made it oh my god i have, I have over a thousand dollars in my checking account this is insane yeah, yeah. fuck everybody <laughs> i don't want to put yeah. out your shitty band anymore yeah. i have a thousand dollars i'm done <laughs> see you in retirement <laughs> well yeah yeah i guess that's yeah you definitely see that in the world you know or who's who's in it for the right reasons you know or for the reasons that make sense to you you know what i mean where it's like the delusional people like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put out records and make money. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Or say, or say like seems... making books. I love, I love Clint's. Um, yeah. What is it? Totally. The, the, there's no money in books. There's no money in books. Yeah. 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 Hat, hat, what, what's it called? The, no. The Bur Deadbeat uh, Club. Deadbeat Club. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Like photo book money. Yeah, totally. But he's another one of those people too, of like started with zines yeah. And, you know, started oh working God, yeah. with really good artists and AS220 from like, Philly. I know he'd be another good one. Oh my God. I feel like I, I got, he would be great whole, actually. A whole nother yeah. run of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he also, um, he's so meticulous, you know, like all oh, of yeah. his, the way that he even does the zines, like he's a part of all of the editing and really thinking about every single page and the paper and, and traveling to different print you know, to get things printed in different places. And, you know, even for little zines or small books and making sure that everything's perfect. And, and it shows like eventually, you know, I, I feel like that's exactly the same as, as um, independent record labels, because you have all these booksellers that are making just a touch of money over the top to make enough, to make another one, to make another one. And then eventually like, we should do a hardcover. <laughs> okay do you think we can sell a hardcover <laughs> you know but then now i don't know how long he's been doing it now it was 15 years probably oh my god that's amazing and like but it's very like, sustainable but, and but it bring up a good point though too where it's that idea of like if you're not going to make any money at it then you might as well make it exactly what you want it to be you know what i mean that it's the kind of right. thing of like you know even if you got to do it on the cheap like what is the best version of spending x amount of money that i can because you're really, you know, you're making it for yourself, which I guess is kind of similar to that sort of independent band or label or anything. It's like, yeah, let's make it exactly what you want to make it. I think, and ultimately, I think that's the feeling that comes across when you see somebody who's making something because they love it versus somebody who's making something because they feel like this is popular or this is what's going to yeah. get me to the next level or that kind of thing. And I think there's where, I think that's the, the stuff when you when you're when you're blood sweat and tears into something for years and decades you you can start to recognize the like oh this guy is a maniac and he's making the song or this album or this book or this art because he has to make it because that's the thing that's coming out of him whether he wants it to or not or it just feels like such a labor of love versus yeah. the like you know well quaffed um you know, person's like, we're going to do this and it's going to fucking yeah. blow up. And then it, sometimes it does <laughs> blow up and you're like, yeah. well, they're not wrong. 
you know, yeah. that's good for them. That's exciting. Look at them. They wanted to be popular. And so they did the thing that would make them popular and look, now they're popular, but there's but, just something that, that doesn't, there just feels there's such a taste in the mouth. Like, fuck this. <laughs> but sometimes that is also those people's honesty. Like their right. honesty is that they are, they want to be famous. They want to make the best, like the highest selling song ever. And that can come off as also being honest. It just, huh. you know, I think sometimes yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that's that person or they're just like a really good business person. And their honesty is like, how do I make the most money? And I also want to perform on stage with musicians. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a, a dance band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. gonna start a band that I'm gonna be Andrew WK. Or like <laughs> you know, and be like, no, 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 I'm trying to be ridiculous. This is like I'm honestly this is what I want to do. I would love to do this or whatever. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But I imagine there's but somebody do... managing a stock portfolio or or running, you know, some type of uh, analytics company who that's that's their passion. That is really what they love yeah. to do. They love numbers yeah. and they love and they see it and they can make and you can make a lot of money at it. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, great. Yeah. That's your yeah, that's your yeah. that's your passion. That's what you I do. I used to and... be the CEO of a bank. Yeah. But now I put a uh marshmallow head on and I play electronic <laughs> rave music. <laughs> oh I don't know. I don't know. I'm so yeah, I'm so no I have, yeah, so little connection to that world. I but I'm sure the marshmallow was the first I could have said like a uh Power Ranger hat or something. <laughs> Bro, DJ Power Ranger hat used to be fucking huge in the scene <laughs> in Phoenix. Man. He he was so the to- yeah. <laughs> he came up through all the the clubs in, in LA and Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Big Venice um, Beach guy. <laughs> I bet that's probably not that's probably not wrong. Um, cool. All right. Well, yeah. I hope everybody's um, getting ready for a Thanksgiving. You guys do anything fun for Thanksgiving coming up next week? Yeah, we're actually we're actually going to Spokane, so we'll be there a couple of weeks after you're there. Oh my God! Yeah, we just had a great trip there. We were just there and had so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I know we you went were to just an indoor water park. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. It's amazing. And the, the kids didn't throw up at all the whole time. We didn't uh, all have raging coughs and uh, wow. sinus infections. I they do remember that. I have been to that water park with the kids in Idaho uh, maybe five years ago. And it is one of those places where it's like, yeah, it's fun. Kids love it. And then you get in the water and you're like, hmm. What, what are the filters like? They, they must have big filters. The, the filters are bigger than the water park. They, you would, ha- you would have to. Are. You would have to, right? That's, that's, yeah. Someone knows what they're doing. Well, it's pretty warm right. in here. Right. I feel like this is like a... It's not, this isn't a, just a breeding ground of bacteria. Yeah. Way too much chlorine or we're all getting some kind of uh, shot after this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a little bit of both. Though. Yeah. Yeah. The lazy oh river gosh. is great. Of course. The lazy river, I think, is a misnomer. I've learned. I did this over. I went to Raging Waters over the summer, and that not, was the hardest lazy. workout I had ever had. Was trying to keep going at the, whatever that pace is. That that you know, whatever half a mile an hour you go yeah. around, and you have to like. But you're now crouching, so you're engaging all your core muscles. <laughs> you have to like kind of just tiptoe, tiptoe walk every yeah. other you know thing, and you got to do that for like a half hour because the kids are having so much fun. And it's like yeah. at their at their height they can kind of just like float but at like yeah. human they're like six foot height it's like oh my god this is so if, our, if you just walk normal then you're just it's being you're being pushed so if you kind of crouch down or your shoulders are in it and then the rest of your body I, I think i was the most sore from the water park from the lazy river like this yeah. was such the a river workout. 
The river is very lazy. Yeah, the, the workout, uh, the workout, the workout, river. not lazy. Yeah. But then I and just and again, just to be more of a crank, I then I did find a, a, one of those tubes. And I lay down the tube, and then you're just yeah. holding your head up the whole time. It's like the tube doesn't support the back of your head, so you're kind of just like sitting and like doing a crunchy the whole time, like oh, yeah. <laughs> like okay, I'm scraping. You're like you're sitting through the tube and holding yourself up and scraping, scraping your toes your on the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right, don't go that, in the lazy river then you can just I'm walk just, around the I'm lazy not going river anywhere yeah. yeah i'm just yeah i'm just gonna yell and at them definitely hey, don't, don't drown to any don't drown don't listen to any new bands while you're there because no, no new music worse. no water parks <laughs> everybody listen to old records from 50 yeah. years ago and yeah. sit and sit in comfortable chairs with uh with a reasonable uh, type of running shoe that you never run in <laughs> Just because it's good for arch support and good for your yeah, feet. Exactly. No shoes that were designed after 1990 and no music that was designed after 1990. See, yeah, that's not hard, right? That's not hard. <laughs> yeah. is, that hard? is that too much to ask for anybody? Come on. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Farley. I will see you uh, in, in two weeks back here for another uh, enlightening chat of, of Grandpa Randy. Grampy, Ran <laughs> Grampy Randall shakes his fist at Cloud. Like, remember I'll, in my I'll, time. I'll send you a playlist of songs that Randy hates. Please. <laughs> or songs that Randy will hate. Yes, yeah, I would love that. that. I want to see, yeah, I want to see what, what's... what's <laughs> New songs what are... Randy hates already <laughs> yes. without hearing them. <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes next week for next week's show. Where everybody can go listen yeah. to songs that I haven't yeah. heard yet, but I, I already hate. <laughs> By bands I've never heard of, but I also already hate. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. it's just called Randy's. Ugh oh God, really? Ugh. These guys? Okay. Really? I I did have oh. I did have somebody who was like friends of friends. We were at a bar or something. He's like, "Why do you just talk shit about every band that comes on the jukebox?" I was like, "Cause they're all terrible." I was like, "Why can't you just enjoy life? What's wrong you're with like, you, bro? Like, can't you just like just it's just this music? Is how I enjoy life. Yeah, yeah. This is my favorite. I'm uh, actually favorite having hobby. a great time right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes I'm me living, feel great to just hate all of this stuff i'm living my truth what do you want from me i can't like you know i feel I feel a lot worse if i had to pretend to like all this bullshit <laughs> do, you want, do you want my other list of all the other stuff i hate yeah it doesn't just end with music i got a whole other yeah. litany this of things the tip of the iceberg i really i really feel like i'm a positive person in general with just a yeah. very very um thin broad you know broad uh band or whatever you call it, bandwidth but yeah. just have a very thin broad uh, bandwidth of things i love and everything else is just like why does it exist i don't need to know well, that's why you're so things. happy because you know what you hate yeah there's a there's a very yeah. distinct line I just stay away from all the stuff i don't like and I live yeah. a great, happy life. I mean, I don't yeah. think we're we're not meant to love everything. I mean, so there's a lot yeah. of people in the world. You know, there's like yeah. whatever billions and billions of people. Like, yeah. what the fuck? We're not all. We don't all have to like the same thing. We, we should. <laughs> we're not all the same age. We're not all coming from the same background. I mean, yeah. There should be unique and interesting. But I think that's what makes people different and unique. Yeah. We celebrate each other's differences. And definitely <laughs> don't like anything new. That is oh the, God, that's no, the yeah. first rule. Rule number one: never like anything new. <laughs> yeah. No. Give, you got to give it 10 years easy. If it, if it didn't come out on a double gatefold and some dusty uh, thing, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't trust it. It's <laughs> amazing. All right. All right. All right. Well, so, signing off. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning cool. in. If there's anything else you think I would hate, please email us. Don't forget to email us at uh, hyphen at halftime at gmail.com. Make sure to like and subscribe and tell your friends. Yes. Make, please tag like button. Yeah, tag me, in, in, tag me in your list of uh, songs you think I would hate. Put together the most hateable <laughs> songs. There are songs you hate. I want to know what other yeah. people hate. What kind of music drives you insane? Great songs that Randy hates. Or, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. All right. All right. See you. All right. See you next week. Bye. Thanks, Randy. Oh, Bye. Thank you. Bye.